What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to What's the Word Podcast. I am your host, Just Jazz, and I have three main goals. To encourage you to grow godly character, to equip you to live effectively in today's society, and to open you to salvation through Jesus Christ. So ditch what you heard, and let's discover what's the word. Welcome back, scholars. Today's episode is titled, I'm Extremely Blessed, because I had to remind myself that none of what I am doing is by accident. Nothing just fell into my lap. This is all God. I am extremely blessed that God continues to show up and show out. But I must admit, more times than I'm proud to say, I need gentle reminders of how I should conduct myself with these blessings. Some wins for the week is that the thought of going back to work during this pandemic was frightening. It is frightening. But I am not afraid because I am not alone. Even when I try to make it seem as if I am in control, it's all God. And he literally sent me help this week at work. I don't know if your job calls for you to collaborate with others, but mine does. And that's hard as an adult because everyone's work ethic isn't the same. Their home life and even their perspective. But God sent me some real help this week and I am thankful. As you know, we are studying the book of Matthew. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, I strongly suggest you do so you can have a better understanding of where we are. Today we will be briefly discussing Jesus's longest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, and some ways we can exude and emulate these beatitudes. Let me set the scene. Jesus has gained this big following and he is dedicated to helping, but in a more deeper way than the people can understand. He can heal them not only from their physical pain, but for an eternity. Jesus wants to remind them that his kingdom is an upside down kingdom that contrasts the kingdoms of this world. He reminds them that position, authority, and money are not important in his kingdom. What does matter is faithful obedience from the heart. Jesus had to let his disciples know not to get caught up in worldly possession because these things do not last. Today we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. I will be reading out of the NIV version of the Bible. My Bible reads, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Today, I want to remind you that by giving up your own rights in order to serve others, you will one day receive everything God has in store for you. This is probably not your favorite scripture, and you might have just heard about it and thought this was something encouraging for when times are hard, but it's not. It is not a pick-me-up message. It is a girl, get yourself up message. This is a build others up around you because we are one. It's a message to remind you that you have legs, that you can walk, and you don't need to stoop down to everyone's level and stay there. Girl, get your weight up. And I say that from a thick perspective, (laughs) not like how y'all thinking in order to tap into this blessed attitude, we have to have some weight in us, some W-A-I-T in us, some patience. Growing up, I heard, you getting on my last nerve so much that I thought that maybe we had a shortage of nerves because everyone I came around was on their last. Now I know better that they needed to get their weight up, that they needed to flex their faith muscles. Everyone knows that muscles don't grow unless you strengthen them. It wasn't a shortage. They just didn't know that the end of them meant depending on Jesus for understanding. We are called to know better and to be better than those before us. In this longest recorded sermon, Jesus begins describing the traits he wants to see in those who follow him. He called them blessed, not because of their possessions, but because of their progression to be more like him. If our goal is to be more like Jesus, these beatitudes will challenge the way we live each day.
My Bible tells me that there are multiple ways to understand the Beatitudes, and we will focus on two ways today, that they are a code of ethics for disciples and a standard of conduct for all believers, and that they contrast kingdom values, which is eternal, with worldly values, which are temporary. Something important to remember is that we should not alter God's words. We have to take the whole message for what it is. We cannot pick and choose which Beatitudes fits best with our life and which ones don't. It's an all or nothing kind of deal. We are either all in or we're out. As you know, our goal should always be to show others how good God truly is. And the Beatitudes serve as a guide. The word tells us that we should be poor in spirit. And I know you're probably thinking, why would the word tell me to be poor? But you have to think about context. You have to think about who's talking and their perspective. Just like I mentioned earlier, this really meant to live simply. The world wants us to believe that we have to exude pride and be independent. But how can we show God's grace in our life if we continue to take all the credit? In James chapter 4 verses 7 through 10, it prompts us to draw near to God and it gives us ways in which we can accomplish this goal by first submitting to God and willing to be controlled by him and his will, resisting the devil and not allowing Satan to tempt us. We have to wash our hands and purify our hearts, which means to be pure in all we do and replace our evil thoughts for godly thoughts. We have to show sincere sorrow for our sins and not be afraid to express heartfelt sorrow for what we have done wrong. Don't justify your wrongs anymore. Just own them and grow from them. We also have to humble ourselves before the Lord because we have to remember we are only worthy because of him. We also see in the Beatitudes that we should mourn. And I know you're probably thinking of death, but we are talking about a different mourn. This mourn means to show compassion for others, to empathize. The world wants us to believe that we should have happiness at all costs. Psalm 51 reminds us that no sin is too big to be forgiven by God. But when we sin against others, we're really just sinning against God. He will forgive us, but we may have to suffer the worldly consequences our sin creates. When God forgives our sin and restores us to a relationship with him, we should reach out to others who need the same forgiveness and reconciliation. The more you have felt God's forgiveness, the more you would desire to tell others about it. The Beatitudes also reminds us that we should be meek, which shows humility. Meekness should not be confused with weakness. It takes strength to be meek. The world makes us believe that we should show how much power we have. But the word reminds us in Matthew chapter 11 verses 27 through 30 that to know Jesus means to have an intimate relationship with him. That Jesus can free us from all of our burdens and give us rest. But this rest comes in the form of love, in the form of healing, and in the form of peace with God. It is not rest from hard work. It is not rest from labor. An intimate relationship with God changes meaningless tasks into spiritual productivity and purpose. The Beatitudes also shows us that we should always show righteousness, justice for all, not justice for just my family, not justice for just my friends, not justice for just the people I like, but for all. But the world wants us to believe that we should continue to pursue our personal needs. God's word reminds us in John chapter 16 verses 5 through 11 that Christ's death on the cross made it possible for us all to have an intimate relationship with him. When we confess our sin God declares us righteous and delivers us from judgment from our sin simply put sin leads to death confession of that same sin however will lead to righteousness and deliverance which equals salvation remember no amount of being good or keeping the law or self-improvement or being disciplined and even religious effort can make us right with God we can only be made right by trusting 
him. The Beatitudes also tell us that we should have mercy on others and show forgiveness. The world wants us to show our strength without feeling, but God's word is very clear in Ephesians chapter five, verse one, that we will get what we give. We should strive to imitate Jesus. Our love for others should be a direct reflection of his love to us. A love that goes beyond affection and self-sacrificing service. The Beatitudes also reminds us that we should be pure in heart, intentional and with good motives. The world wants us to believe that a little white lie won't hurt but it does first john chapter 3 verses 1 through 3 reminds us that to purify means to keep morally straight it means free from corruption of sin as believers our self-worth is based on the fact that god loves us and calls us his children knowing that we are his children should encourage us to act just like he did the beatitudes also reminds us that jesus wants us to be peacemakers not passive not pacifists but peacemakers the world wants us to believe that personal peace is pursued by looking inward only you know my name bennett and i ain't in it ignoring the problems around us god's word reminds us of what's really true when it comes to bringing the peace when the enemy is disrupting it Romans chapter 12 verses 9 through 21 reminds us that most of us have learned how to pretend to love others, how to speak kindly, how to avoid hurting feelings and to appear to take interest in them. But this is not bringing the peace. Sincere love requires concentration and effort. It means helping others become better people. Remember that forgiveness involves both attitude and action. If you're finding it difficult to feel forgiving towards someone who has hurt you, try responding with kind actions. And last but certainly not least, God's word reminds us that we should be willing to be a suffering servant just as Jesus was. I know you heard the word suffering and thought not not me <laughs> but yes you the world wants you to make weak commitments you know the commitments you make because everybody's watching the commitments you make because people are in front of you because it's cool right now because everyone else is doing weak commitments that will eventually change when you're feeling different and we all know that feelings aren't fact in fact god's word reminds us that we should expect persecution in second timothy chapter 3 verse 12 i mean we are striving to be more like christ now this is not the same persecution as the murderer who was up there dying next to jesus for his wrongdoing but faultless just like Christ was don't be surprised when people misunderstand you when they criticize you and even when they try to hurt you because of what you believe and how you live don't give up continue to live as you know you should God is the only one we need to please in closing I want to remind you that the closer you are to God the less pain you will feel when others hurt you period each beatitude tells us how to be blessed again that's more than just feeling happy all the time it implies the fortunate and inevitable state of those who are in God's kingdom according to Jesus blessed means that experience of hope and joy it's independent of outward circumstances in order to find that hope and joy which is the deepest form of happiness we have to follow jesus no matter the consequences in closing i want to ask you to consider making jesus christ your lord and savior the choice is yours once again i would like to thank you for tuning into what's the word podcast if someone was on your mind while listening please send them the link and if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to leave a review y'all Make sure you connect with us on social media, on Instagram at underscore, underscore, what's the word podcast and on Twitter at underscore, underscore, what's the word. If no one has told you today, I love you and I appreciate you. Now go be a blessing. Be sure to tune into next week's episode where we will talk about being unbothered.